Welcome to On Living, the Trauma and Beauty of Being Human with Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Have you ever asked yourself what it means to be human? What does it mean to be fully alive? What does it take to love, to really connect with another human being? How do we fully engage with and honor the humanity in us? It's time to really talk, listen to, and connect with one another. Come join in the conversation with your host, Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Hello, everyone. I welcome you to the hour. Um, you know, the title of the show is The Trauma and Beauty of Being Human. And um, more and more lately, I, I realize I've been so focusing on the beauty part of it and um, so much for the better. Now, we are nearing the end of the year 2018, and I'm also nearing the end of my run with this show. Now, those of you who joined me from the very, very beginning, do you remember how I compared doing this radio hour to zip lining? I, I still feel that way. Uh, you know, you have the equipment, you can sort of see the whole ravine ahead and below you because, well, you know, the run is set up in a way that you know the path and the timing and the parameters of it, but you do not know how it's going to feel. Each time on the zip line, you do not know how the air is going to feel whistling around your chest. You do not know which way your body is going to turn and dance through the air. You do not know the sounds of joy or dread that will come from your skull. (laughs) And each time that you land, it is a relief. It is a little death also. It's over. I won't have the same experience again. And you feel without being able to um, articulate it fully that you have changed a tiny, teeny micro bit from the experience, you know, because the molecules in your body have shifted a little bit because you have stepped outside of your habitual realm because you have taken yourself above the firm ground where things look different, where you catch a different glimpse of your fellow humans, where you get a, a, a brief lightning sense of how vast the world is, how beautiful and implacable and embracing the earth below you is, and how small and yet capable you are, a little creature, insignificant creature dangling on a rope above the earth, who will then shortly after go back to the business of living when the run is done. So each hour on this show has felt like a zip lining run to me. And the whole series actually has been like zip lining. And I have been changed uh, this year by the experience because um, people are so unpredictable and so humbling uh, and surprising, you know, in the depth and turns that their thoughts and their living can take. And at times they can be infuriating and even disappointing in their refusal to go there with me. Um, but I have surprised myself too by the things that scare me or, or excite me in each encounter. And I have been affirmed in the faith that grounds me that each time that I take the time and the courage to make contact, true deep contact with another human being, each time that I do that, my molecules shift, my heart takes a little leap that makes the muscle stronger, and my soul hears a little ping of music that opens me up to something that otherwise would have been muted. So this show has been very beneficial to me in that it has confirmed for me my business, I mean, my my belief about my business, my work, 
which is that the business of living is about the business of being with people. And my faith that the process of connecting with other human beings is my salvation and my work. And I have decided to not extend my contract beyond uh, the agreed end of the run, which is end of January, because I, I feel, you know, in the way that the, the emotional intellectual air whistles around my chest and the rhythms to which my psyche is now dancing, I feel that the zip lining is coming to some ending, some landing. Soon it is time to land and, and be among others, among life. Uh, soon it is time to be on firm ground, to listen to myself think, to see for myself directly what it's like now after doing this show, what it is like to talk to and listen to people in real life. What will it be like to apply what I learned and got confirmed during this show to apply and practice this way of connecting to real life people in real life? You know, what, what would it be like to bring my longing for connection into my interactions with people who are not my guests on the show? To dare the offering of my invitation of, tell me how you live, tell me what you know about us humans through your time thus far on this earth. Tell me what you love. You know, what, what would it be like to ask for and, and to urge for that kind of conversation I don't know, at a, at a cocktail party, at uh, a, a school brunch or on the subway, you know, when we're stuck in the tunnel because, once again, we live in a third world country as far as intra, I- infrastructure is concerned and the freaking MTA cannot function properly. You know, what will it be like to really reach over to the person next to us and talk? I want to find out in real life. I also want to put into practice the question that has come to occupy me in the latter part of the show. And the question is, what are the resources that we have toward the effort, the struggle to stay human? How do we stay human and beautiful and brave and tender to one another? And So instead of continuing on to pose that question on the show, I intend to go off and search for the answer myself. I intend to follow the teachings of Rainer Maria Rilke, the poet, who believed that clear final answers are false sentimentality. I want to finish this radio show and try to follow his faith, which stated that, I'm going to quote imperfectly here, you know, do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. Go and live the questions. And then perhaps you will gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. So I'm going to treat myself this month for the remainder of the show to a couple of of encounters and, and that's it. And then it's January and I will be on my own talking alone to you sharing with you my thoughts and longings for us humans. And I will take the time in January as we end to talk about what I know and love best, which is my work in being with people and my love for human lives. But not today. Today I treat myself. Today I'm talking to Quinn Nguyen. Uh, Like me, Quinn holds a PhD. We share the same Vietnamese last name, Nguyen. Like me, her parents also gave up everything that they had built 
and accomplished in our homeland for the sake of their children's life and eventually landed in California where they toiled away in a low-level technical job before rebuilding a semblance of a comfortable and safe and successful life. Like me, Gwen is uh, a woman of color, an immigrant, a child of displacement and limited means who has chosen to make her way in, I think, a rarefied niche of the Western cultural world, uh, classical music for her and psychoanalysis for me. And I suspect that, like me, she does what she does because she cannot do anything else. Now, Gwen and I met many, many years ago at, I think, the, the conspiring of our mothers, if I remember correctly. When our, our parents worked in the same place in Southern California, and they discovered that they have kids living in New York City. They discovered that they had something in common, you know, beyond the unspoken, unspeakable history of loss and sorrow that is the legacy of Vietnam. They discovered yeah. that they have daughters who have chosen to follow very untraditional, very non-Vietnamese life path, you know. They both have kids who, who make no money, <laughs> who <laughs> plug away at an incomprehensible career in the name of passion. They worried about their kids. They are proud of their kids. They are in awe of their kids and mystified and infuriating by their kids' choices. And they would kill for, uh, you know, for us, right, when, for, for their kids to get themselves a nice right. Lucrative job and settle down with right, a nice in a more stable, <laughs> with a more stable career in a in a right, more. Right. <laughs> yeah, and a, then also settle down with a, a nice, uh, nice stable Vietnamese boy. Well, since that wasn't <laughs> happening, you know, I know that our mothers thought that they, they should make sure that their kids say hello to each other and you know maybe can be each other's support in a jungle of New York City. So, Gwen is a friend, a fellow Vietnamese, a friend of my family. Most significantly to me, she is passionate and true in her art. She has followed her calling, which means in my experience with people like that, that she's different, unusual, and even heroic. Now, you can go on her website or on Voice America website to see her accomplishments. I won't enumerate them here. Just know that she has performed all over the world, that she has dedicated her life since she was little to her art, that she is human. But the sounds that um, come out of her fingers on the keyboard are ultra beyond um, human. So I want to have a conversation with my friend. But uh, before that, here is uh, Quinn through a piece of Chopin.
Welcome to the show, Quinn. I'm so glad that we can meet on the air. Thank you. Thank you, Lance. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you heard uh, the interview that I, 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 met, I, I did with uh, Clive Gillinson of Carnegie Hall. Yes, but, yes um, it was a very insightful interview. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. It was interesting to hear him talking about um, the role of, of musicians in the world and, and how he was um, expanding. Uh, he, he, he had a mission to, to try to expand mm-hmm. the... the um, responsibilities of musicians to engage uh, as well, to contribute to the world yeah. of music. It was very, um, very, very um, educational for me, actually, to yeah. so, talk that right. way. Well, I, I, I bring that up to ask you the question then, you know, of what, what are you doing through your music? What do you try to do through your music, with your music, generally? Like, when either when you play or when you teach or when you think about it <laughs> yeah well for me music is, is just it's just so much uh, a part of my life it's 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 so much a part of me that um, in some sense I I just it's just intertwined um, like playing music and expressing music and thinking about music and hearing the music in my mind it's just intertwined with living itself mm-hmm. um, but and when I'm consciously thinking about it, um, and, and when I'm performing as well as when I'm teaching, it's all about expressing myself, my emotions, the ideas of the composers, the um, the beauty, as well as uh, the complexity of music. And as you know, music is a reflection of life. It, it's um, it's the world around us that's um, been kind of codified um, uh, and, and expressed through the sound of music, uh, as well as, as human emotions and, and our innermost thoughts and feelings. Um, it's somehow been transformed into sound, into this very, very mm-hmm. rich um, inner world that the composers um, were able to, to put into sound and, and noting them down. And so for me, when I'm, especially when I'm performing, but as well as uh, um, when I'm teaching, it's, it's first of all, to, to connect with the audience, um, to connect with the listeners and, and, and to be able to say something meaningful um, as well as I, the other, the other. Um, on the other hand, I'm also trying to to kind of um, relay the message of the composer because the composer mm. has been, um, you know, that their life's been transformed by what's going on around them in the world, um, as well as what's going on in in that time period and in, in culture, and and that um, somehow we're able to. Um, be translated into their ideas. And so um, for me, I'm always very, very conscious of, of trying to understand what it is that are behind the notations, behind the notes, what, what they are mm. trying to say, what they're trying to convey, and what's moved them so much that, that they express all of this into sound. And I think mm. it's such an incredible um, thing that, that human feelings and, and emotions and thoughts can be translated into sound that way 
and mm-hmm. and then just through notation pass through centuries, and then when someone look at the music and and play them and make them alive again, um, those emotions come out like through the pages, through the notes, through the mm-hmm. rhythms between the notes, and and become alive, and it 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 moves people um, beyond um, words, beyond you know. There, there's nothing that. There is to to be able to explain it how music can move people. It just um, <laughs> right. it just does. It just um, uh-huh. it reaches into like the innermost of your soul, and um, you know it's it's through your hearing you hear it, and, but that somehow it, it moves you. It it brings all those emotions mm-hmm. forward, um, and and that's, so that's now, what I would like to do. Uh, that, that, <clears throat> that's that's for me is is like the the most wonderful thing about playing music right well but you know the fascinating thing to me listening to 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 this mini lesson that you just delivered you know is that so you reach into the composer's mind and live experience right beyond the notations beyond the piece you know to, to get to get to to him or her and you deliver that to the audience but it's transduced I don't know if that's an English word, but I'm just making it up, maybe. But it's it's filtered. <laughs> it's it's my show. I can say whatever I want. It's filtered through, you know, a transduced through your yourself, right? Your fingers, right. your soul, yeah, your yeah. It's been transformed through my experiences, for sure. Yeah, of course. And that's what is so mysterious as well, so powerful about music is that it's. Um, it's communication and expression without words, so it's abstract and but it's powerful and emotional at the same time. So it, you know, everyone identifies with it. It's, it's, um, and it's been said a lot, but but it's worth saying again. It's a universal language because everyone can understand it and everyone can interpret it in a very very personal way, and and it moves people differently, but somehow um, unifies everyone at the same time because even though it's it can speak, you know, the like what exactly does it speak to you? To each person individually can be different depending on your experience with live and how you ex- how you experience mm-hmm. the music and how you react to the music. But but the the overall message, the overall um, emotion that it brings forth in in the audience as well as a performer um, are very um, similar. So mm-hmm. in a piece, for example, that's about. Um, Actually, you know what, Gwen, can can you hold on? It's all, yeah. Gwen, hold on, because I'm getting the signal that we need to to, to break uh, for the first commercial break. Hold on to that thought, and when we come back, we'll we'll speak of that piece that you have in mind and more about music. Okay, Okay. we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world. 
across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. It's time to have a healthier relationship with money. Use it with purpose to create the life you envision. At Thinking Big Financial, your future starts right now. Services include financial planning and investment management. It's not just about the numbers. It's about how they fit into your life. Reach out to Jim to start thinking big about your own financial life. Because isn't it time? For more information, visit thinkingbigfinancial.com. That's thinkingbigfinancial.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. So, uh, Quinn, about that piece, the ballad of Chopin that we played in the beginning... Was it Chopin that we got to know, or was it Quinn Nguyen, or what was that? Who was it that well, showed through I, the I piece? would say it's it's a combination. I um, it, it was what I was saying before earlier was that um, the the overall message of that piece it was a Chopin ballad, which which means a story, and it was actually a love story that um, Chopin was. Um, was trying to portray through the sound of music. Um, mm. it, it, he was inspired by a Polish poet, Mikovics, and it, it, um, even though there was no particular um, specific story to it, it, it was uh, a poem about a love story between the mermaid and the sailor who, who was um, obsessed with her. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and so it was... You know that that message of love story um, is 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 a universal message, and and I I hope to to portray that um, while performing that piece, and so uh, obviously um, the music coming through me from Chopin is, is like is very much a part of me as well as as my mm-hmm. as my understanding of Chopin's music, and I I know, I really feel transformed by. Um, by the music, and actually, one of the most wonderful things that can happen during a concert or during a performance, or when I'm performing or I'm playing for someone, is when I become one with the music, and I don't even mm-hmm. feel myself, but I'm, I'm, you know, the, the music kind of passes through me. It, it, um, it, it goes through me to my mind in my imagination, and and come somehow um, comes out. And, and the sound that I'm able to produce on the piano, and, mm-hmm. and I feel, you know, it's it's um, it is my hope as well as as, as mm-hmm. my um, 
what I would like so, to do is, is for that message to come through and, and, and to, to reach the audience. And um, mm-hmm. it's usually really wonderful when I have um, people who come up to me after the concert and say, you know, I can really feel how that music moved you. And, and they usually, you know, have tears in their eyes and it, it, it sometimes brings up stories of their own of, of how they think about their lives and what the music invoke in them, the emotions mm-hmm. as well as the feelings and thoughts. And mm-hmm. it's, it's such a powerful way of communication that it's um, incredible as well as, as just very meaningful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so speak, for example, the, the love song, the love story uh, in, in that ballad, where did you meet Chopin in terms of love? Well, that's a very good question. That's a very interesting question. So, I, I mean, I would say in many, many, many points of my life, <laughs> I, I mean, it's the, the way I interpret his music is obviously um, colored by the way that I live my life, the way that right. I, um, you know, experience my own So, for what specifically, life. let me narrow it down for you. What, what did Chopin say about love through that piece, in that piece, that oh. you could grasp and, 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 and wish to deliver to the audience about love? Oh, um, I would say, well, in, in this particular story, he was talking about the destructive power of, of this. Um, I mean, in my understanding of it, there was, uh, you know, he was inspired by the poem, and in the poem, um, it talked about the mermaid, uh, about how the seller became, fell in love with the mermaid, and, and, um, and was drawn into this vortex of water um, but somehow emerged um, triumphant at the end like somehow love emerged triumphant at the end um, the the um, the way that that Chopin wrote this piece it, it has so much beauty as well as fashion and, and as well as some destructive power um, right, the that, turbulence that he, of it too. Right, right, exactly, and, and especially in the left-hand passage where it it became really dark and and turbulent and um and all of that. It's um, but then at the end it it was transformative um, and uh, somehow you know this is one of the rare works that it didn't end in in like a minor. Key in, in a foreboding type of, of very tragic way. It actually ended um, beautifully with a sort of like a firm, affirming life um, kind of mm-hmm. thing that that made me feel um, like really identify with it. But there's so much tenderness as well as um, vulnerability as well as just magic um, and just so much beauty. And, and his music. That where um, where does the sailor land in the poem or or in the ballad? Well, the thing is, the the ballad is not meant to be so literal. It's it's supposed to be inspired by this poem, but Chopin doesn't like to have like very literal translation mm-hmm. of um, exactly what is happening in the story. And mm. and this is actually the power of music is that it's. Um, it's abstract. It, you don't, you know, the, you don't know exactly. Like, you can kind of hear. You make the, it your own, the, right? Or, He's exactly. Not gonna say and and this. you, 
You make it your own, and, and the audience make it them, their own, too. Like, they, they interpret it, and they, they understand it however it speaks to them. So they, they can identify with it in their own life story. And, and mm-hmm. this is so why it's such a, it, it reaches such a wide appeal with, mm-hmm. with Chopin's music as well as, as you know, as other, right. um, just, just music in general about how it's, it's, Really, it, it speaks to you individually, but then it, it also has a universal message. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like in my work. With. I often think, you know, I'm always struck by, it sounds trite, but, but very profound, the saying that, you know, we're all alike, and yet we're all right. each so different from one another. Uh, you know, that's that, true. Um, that is so, so in, true. In terms yes. of what, what unites us and what we can grasp fundamentally, you know, non-verbally, and yet what we make of it and how we take it and go off and live our own individual lives is so distinct. Quinn, so so that was Chopin and love. Now, I want to ask you um, uh, also about about another aspect of of the human... of human living in a way, which is, and, and we both have that in our, our background in different degrees of consciousness. You know, I want to ask you about war, you know, and, and, and memory and loss and grief and joy right. <laughs> as a right. result. Yes. Um, I know mm-hmm. that you studied in Paris uh, with a composer, but mostly a muse and widow of, of a French composer, Olivier Messiaen. Right who uh, was a prisoner of war during World War II, and uh, he wrote, you know, a few pieces um, coming out of that experience, I think. So let me first play the piece where you you perform, you interpret it, and and let me ask you about the intersection, again, of yourself and of this this man um, who died well before you showed up in his house. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously, there's something that resonated for you. Okay? Okay. All right.
So, tell us. Yeah, so that was actually um, part of the part of the very long twenty contemplations. Uh, contemplations, sorry, on the infant Jesus. It's called Vain Regards to l'Enfant Jésus that Melis Messiaen wrote um, during the German occupation of uh, Paris, and it was a very difficult time for the composer. Um, but he wrote this piece as um, kind of in, in response to um, uh, the 20 um, poems of Toesca on, the, um, on the, the baby Jesus, and, and it has so much joy and love and tenderness, as well as incredible power um, and transcendental um, kind of meaning that um, it really affected me in a very, very deep way. Um, this piece in particular is actually called The Kiss of the Infant Jesus, and it, for me it's, it's purely um, love and tenderness as well as kind of what um, heaven would sound like. It's um, mm. filled with bird songs, and it's, again, filled with beauty as well as um, just a quality of timelessness that really mm. um, speaks to me. It's, but there um, is also it's profoundly um, moving, but then the, the 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 harmonies are so different from you know it's it's also about love, but then it's the harmony of of this particular piece is so different from what you heard from the Chopin. It's just mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's a completely different you know sound world. Yeah, it, it there is the a quality. You know, in the tenderness, there is sort of I, I feel I I think I heard a quality of 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 hauntedness. You know, oh, there are sure, pockets yeah. of loss in it. Yes, for sure. I think that the harmony itself is um, dissonant, for sure. And, and it, it reflected Messiaen's um, time. You know, he was a prisoner of war, and he was captured by the German. And, and he, um, doing, actually during his um, imprisonment, he, he wrote another piece called um, Quartet for the End of Time. And it had the same quality of just timelessness, but then also terrible power and um, you know he, he was in, under horrifying conditions and it also has this transcendent quality of, of beauty but yes the harmony is very dissonant um, but again dissonant but filled with tenderness as well as what you heard which is like sense of loss and, and longing um, mm-hmm. at the same time <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of loss and longing, it's funny during the break, remember, I'm going to share this with, with people. I, I was asking you, you know, if, if Messiaen met with you in terms of the experience of the war and you said, well, I wasn't there at the war. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we Vietnamese children, we were all there at the war in one way well, or yeah, another. That's for sure. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> no, I was thinking too literal. That's right. But yeah, for sure. I mean, the experience, I mean, transformed my parents for sure and and you know it, the the condition in which we were born in in the country that that's lost so much and and was rebuilding it, it was obviously it wasn't a normal time what's at all um mm-hmm. i remember so having where- like no I remember having like no electricity, no water, um, and and what was my favorite thing to do was just play music in the dark because there was no, you know, there, there was nothing there, and um, 
So I, I love playing with my friends, going to school, and then um, playing music. And it, it was like, you know, it was just an, another world that I was transported into. I was very, very lucky in that, um, for sure. Uh-huh. Now, what ta- where, 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 how old were you when you left? You first studied uh, in Russia? Did right, I get it yes, right? I, I, yeah, I, so I, I first um, left, I, well, I first went... Um, abroad um, when I was 11 I, I was playing uh, some concerts in Russia and Germany and then um, when I came back I um, there were some professors from um, the Moscow Conservatory as well the Gnesin Conservatory who came to our um, music school the, the Hanoi Conservatory and I played for them and, and I was awarded full scholarship so I was very lucky to to have been able to to receive um, an education in, at the Kinesian Institute in Moscow um, at age 13. So I left when I was 13, 14. Was Did really you leave by yourself or your parents came with you? Uh, no, I, I was by myself. I was actually with a group of other students who were older than me. So we were all um, sort of a few of us Vietnamese students living together, mm-hmm. but I was um, the youngest. Um, and it was an odd experience, you know, being 13, 14, living without your parents um, for the first time um, in a foreign country with, um, <laughs> that's so different from ours. Right, and where you don't speak the language other than music, the language of music. Well, no, I, I do. Well, I mean, I, I was learning some Russian. I think in, in our school system then, um, everyone was learning Russian in school. Mm. So I did, mm-hmm. I did know some Russian, yeah. Right. Oh, because you were born in the north, right? So that's right. The, yes. the, the northern communist part, Russian the, yes, was like exactly. a... It, right. Like we were, we were, it was like a mandatory part of education to right. learn Russian. Okay. Right. I forgot yeah. that you were a little communist. You know, it's so, it's, it's so funny because now uh, when I travel back to Vietnam, especially in the northern everyone, part, everyone's apparently... Right? Oh no, Chinese, because that's where the Chinese? money is. You know, we, we're flooded. Yes, we're flooded with Chinese tourists, it's, which is another invasion, really? not by bombs and army, but, you know, by money and <laughs> consumerism. Oh, so everybody's learning wow. Mandarin and Cantonese. <laughs> no kidding. Forget Russian. Wow. Nobody makes money off the Russians. No, in no, Vietnam. no one no one speaks Russian in Vietnam anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, we're going to break for uh, another two minutes or so. And when we come back, I, I want to pin you down again on on lost and longing and its place in, um, in your work. We'll be right back. Right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's time to have a healthier relationship with money. Use it with purpose to create the life you envision. At Thinking Big Financial, your future starts right now. Services include financial planning and investment management. It's not just about the numbers. It's about how they fit into your life. Reach out to Jim to start thinking big about your own financial life. Because isn't it time? For more information, visit thinkingbigfinancial.com. That's thinkingbigfinancial.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. 
you will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world, across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. So, Quinn, you were talking about the notes of dissonance in Messiaen's uh, music and how they flash forward. They flashes through the his experience of the war of loss and longing. So I do want to ask you about the places where you where you show or maybe tuck away your own, you know, experience, your own history with loss and and longing. But before we do that, I want to you to, to tell the listeners a little bit about your journey though so you were a communist <laughs> um, right. in Hanoi and then and then you got plucked uh, to, to go to Moscow to, to study and then what happened out of that how did you get to New York City well what happened was that um, it's a very interesting time um, and kind of interesting story that I'll try to um, explain in one minute <laughs> Um, but basically, the Berlin Wall um, fell, and um, my parents, um, my my dad's sister uh, Maria, who was living in San Diego, um, sponsored um, for my dad and our family to come to the United States. So um, when the Berlin Wall fell, uh, we went over to Berlin and we were able to go from east to west um, mm-hmm. and receive um, clearance to to fly to San Diego, basically. Okay. And, and okay. we restarted our life just like that, like without actually knowing that all of that was going to happen. And so we came to San Diego, all the whole family, with, with just um, one piece of luggage and, and nothing else. And mm-hmm. and no language capability either. I was speaking Russian at the time. Um, my sister um, actually, but my sister was already living in San Diego with my aunt. She had um, she had severe asthma as a child, and and um, you know Vietnam after the war mm-hmm. conditions in Vietnam, the hospitals and all of that was was just terrible. There was nothing there, and she was suffering a lot from very very. Difficult um, asthma, difficulty breathing, and and all of that. And so she was. Um, my my aunt took her to San Diego to help her with the treatment. And so because my sister was there, um, my aunt wanted to unite all of our, our family together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's how we. 
that's how we came to to the United States. Right. It's a very common story. Right? And everybody had to go, you know, to some English class and look for a job and take public transportation, you know, to whatever my, yeah, site my parents, you work. Yeah, exactly. My parents did that. Actually, I went straight to um, high school. Well, actually, I don't remember. I think, that, yeah, I went straight to high school. I was 14, turning 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent two years and a half in high school and then um, got admitted to Juilliard and and came to New York and never left New York since then, um, mm-hmm. except for that one year that I went to Paris for, for Olivier Messiaen um, to study mm-hmm. his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you, so what was happening to your musical, um, to music, you know, and, and you through all of this um, uh, wanderings? Oh, well, yeah, I... I mean, I, I I miss my friends terribly. I miss my entire my my large you know entire family terribly. It's um, my my aunts and uncles and all of them were back in Vietnam and and some were in Russia and and I was basically you know within like a few days of not knowing anything, um, just went to a completely different world, um, mm-hmm. you know, the United States that I've only like seen pictures of and. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in, in initially extremely isolating and, and difficult, but um, the, the one thing that I have in, in common was, was my music, and I, I turned to it desperately. I feel, um, you know, when my parents came, like I said, we didn't have anything. We had one piece of luggage for our entire um, family, so mm-hmm. we had nothing. So I, I would, like, knock down doors of churches and, and schools and, and anyone with a piano willing to let me practice so that I can go and, and, and find um, that kind of solace, um, that mm. place of refuge that I could, you know, connect my past to my present and kind of try to make sense of everything as well as I just kind of like have a sense of hope and, and um, of, of no, mm. normal normalcy of, of what's going on you know because it's who did you play he did, who did you play during that time of begging for um, a piano oh I was I Chopin's always been in my life like from the time that I mm-hmm. started learning music and, and listening to music mm-hmm. so I played a lot of Chopin's music and I was doing Mozart Beethoven I, I was also from, from even from that young, I, I was doing a lot of French music for some reason. I, I love Miss, um, Ravel and Debussy, so I, mm-hmm. I was um, learning all those composers. I mean, I was practicing all those composers as well as things that um, yeah. I was learning in Russia. Right. So Gwen, yeah. so and you got admitted. You, you got to Juilliard and and never left. For the never left New York. Five yeah. Yeah, and for the five or so minutes that we have left, I do want to go to the question of, so living and making music, you know, you have an extraordinary life uh, experience, the, the journey through life, but also your training, which we haven't really talked much about, but, but I think that it shows through in the way that you talk about it. Your training also has been incredibly arduous and, and really extraordinary. What's what's the... Um, the symbiosis between these two. Well, I it's it's funny you ask that because it's um it is a symbiosis in the sense that it's so much a part of me that I I feel like it's very hard to separate me from <laughs> from my music as well, from my piano playing. Um, mm-hmm. It's um it's just I don't know if you call it training because I 
it's something that I love to do so much that it just, you know, I, it's what I turn to in, in times of trouble as well as in times of joy. Um, whatever I experience in life, I, I turn to the piano because um, it's, it's offered me so much um, just like as an outlet, as an expressive and creative outlet. And um, that in turn, I think my experience with that uh, kind of transform my playing in a way that I was able to communicate with the audience because it's, I, um, you know, a lot happened and I've been through a lot and I, I went through um, live in, in like such different stages of life with so many different things going on that, mm-hmm. um, that I, I, I just feel like I have a deep understanding as well as like a lot of things to say in, in, mm-hmm. in my music. But mm-hmm. um, one thing that I was learning about music um, and just kind of like the parallelism of music and life is just um, like there's so much beauty in music. There's just so much beauty and feelings and, and meaning um, that it's actually like life itself. It's just codified into a musical message that um, mm-hmm. somehow speaks to human, to us human beings in such a profound way because it, it affects us not, you know, it, it's a combination of, of thoughts and feelings and, and um, language and math. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, 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 it connects with us in so many different ways and, and, and it actually, like, it's so alive because it's, it's sound vibrating in the air that reaches us and, and it vibrates in us, you know, and, and mm-hmm. every single human being, there's music in all of us, in nature, um, that, that it's just so much a part of all of our lives that it's, it's hard to tease out, you know, the, to separate <laughs> well, out then let the me try this. Let, from the Let me try this, and then uh, we're going to have to end on this. Uh, I want to ask you, for example, like, what is the one thing, if you, you want to share with me, that you grasp about life, you know, through music. So, for example, what is the one thing that you would want to tell your children about music and about life? One thing that you want them, wish for them to know, to appreciate. Well, one thing is difficult. (laughs) Well, you only have one because we have two minutes left before I play Mozart. (laughs) uh, Um... How about two? So one, the first thing I would say is, is in in music, you, um, it's it's not easy to be able to. Well, I mean, in particular, playing the piano or just playing in music in particular, it's it's not easy to to get the to get the sound that you want right away. So so you kind of have to persevere, and then you have to mm-hmm. kind of um, you know you have to have the love and passion for it. Um, mm-hmm. to to kind of get to the place where um, you're happy with what you're creating, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a message for for life as well is that you you don't get instant gratification. You know, you um, you sort of have to be patient and and kind of work for what you want out of mm-hmm. um, out of life. It's not going to happen just mm-hmm. like that. It's not going to you know. Right. Just but when like but when you hit that note, it's heavenly, right? When you get there, after breaking your back, practicing or, right, or searching, right, yeah, or exactly. it is un. 
believable. But then, yeah. but then it's very ephemeral too, because you know it disappears as, as soon as you mm-hmm. make it. So it, it's 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 the it's a constant searching for truth, I guess you could say, or it's a constant searching mm-hmm. for beauty. That that you know that you achieve it and, and you experience it in the moment in the second that you are making it, and then it goes away, and you gotta like constantly search for it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's worth it, though. Was was there a right. second thing before you call? We close. Uh, the second thing is just music. Is I I think is one of the highest achievement of mankind. It's it's so great and <laughs> powerful and beautiful that if I were to you know tell my children, I would definitely say you should definitely, um, you know, go and and learn music because it's so essential <laughs> essential to us. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you for 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 these uh, these nuggets, and you know I have a piece by by Mozart that where you perform. But um, let's just close on that. We won't be able to play the whole thing. But here is okay. Quinn uh, playing Mozart as we say goodbye. Okay. Thank you for tuning to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human. Please join Dr. Leanne Nguyen again next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And enjoy being alive.